Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Time once again for the Bama Online Podcast. This one on a Friday, August the 5th, 2022. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BOL, alongside Senior Team Reporter Charlie Potter. We officially have day one of 2022 fall camp in the books, Charlie. And I thought, you know, what the hey? We don't have media uh, viewing periods at our disposal these days, but we were provided with video, some clips from UA from Thursday's practice, about five minutes worth. So we appreciate that. We'll take the five minutes, right? Well, I figured we'd do a watch along of those five minutes. What about that, Charlie, for some ingenuity, some workaroundness, given our limitations where practice viewing is concerned? Yeah, it'll, it'll be like the good old days of, of being back at practice and getting to stand <laughs> standing next each to each other and yeah. watch it. But I will say, and we talked about this before we started recording, um, you know, I don't want to talk bad about UA, but sometimes the videos they send out just, they, they suck. And I think the the people on our side that watch them know that, but this one's actually pretty good. So I'll give them credit there. And I think it, it's definitely worth uh, the, the watch along features. So, uh, yeah, ready to get into this. Yeah, we'll do some afterward. We'll also get into some of Nick Saban's post-practice comments and some of it'll tie into the watch along because as Charlie said, I think UA with this video, at least addressed some of the questions we had about some particular areas of this team. And we'll get more into that as the watch along proceeds. And by the way, if you want to join us, in watching that practice highlight video, go ahead and pull it up now. And I'm going to say hit play. And when I do, Charlie and I are going to start the watch along and you can join us by hitting play at the same time. So here we go. A first on the Bama online podcast. We're all about those here on the pod, a watch along of practice video clips from Thursday's opening workout of 2022 fall camp. Charlie, you ready to hit that? You ready to hit that red play button? You ready? I am. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Three, two, one. All right. There it is. We are at Thursday's practice and Charlie kind of a staple of some of these that we see from UA is flex and Nick Saban doing his customary walkthrough And it's a Nick Saban in sunglasses this time around. And I'm going to go ahead and stop it right there. And I know you were asked about that on the roundtable, our premium message board there at BamaOnline.com. And uh, from what you were able to gather, a little bit of an off-season procedure precipitated the move to sunglasses for Nick Saban, something I've never seen during his tenure at Alabama. Yeah, I mean – Looking through the photos, which came out first, um, you just go and you see if there's anything of interest or any of the newcomers. And there's always three or four photos of Saban, and they're all the same. Like they, they seem like they never change. Um, you can predict what he's going to wear based off the weather at practice. He's, <laughs> he is a, a man of habit. But I don't think I've ever seen him wear sunglasses, um, at least on the practice field. He doesn't even really wear them at the lake much. 
Um, mm. Whenever we see those videos of you know the leadership day or the freshman lake day, but yeah, he's wearing some Nike sunglasses, and I was just like, "What is going on?" And then you know, I I figured out, oh, well, it makes sense. He had cataract surgery this off season, so um, I, I don't think he had him out on the lake, which may not be the safest thing whenever you're out on a, a body of water and, and doesn't have uh, you know protection for your eyes, but. Being on the practice field for a couple hours on Thursday, he definitely had those on. I'm sure we'll see that you know, throughout camp. But uh, a new look for Nick Saban. And, I mean, he, he pulled it off. I don't think it was awkward. It was just awkward because it's never – we've never seen that. It's like whenever Alabama's in a rain game and he throws a ball cap on, it just catches you off guard. Yeah, he's not a big cap wearer either. And these weren't exactly Ray-Ban aviators he was sporting. <laughs> On Thursday, but you know, look like they got the job done. And you know, Flex back in the older days, I guess you could call them, when we actually had media viewing periods at UA, <laughs> back in around 07, 08 ish, uh, the media was allowed in during Flex. Well, that went away, as we know, following Scott Cocker and then the strength and conditioning coach at Alabama's comments. In the lead-up to the game in Athens in 2008, the infamous blackout there in 2008, and of course Scott made mention that, in his opinion, the game was going to be a funeral. You can add a, you know, an adjective maybe in there, descriptive there, to go along with funeral, and we no longer saw flex pretty much after that. Now the open practices and some of those things, uh, yeah, but as far as on a daily basis. Flex went by the board. So we get into individual drills in the video. And there, of course, very early on, you expect to see a glimpse of the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. There he is working alongside Brian Branch in a ball security drill. Um, And, you know, some of the things that are interesting are you look at some of these wide receivers working in separation drills and uh, partnering up with defensive backs and um, don't see a lot of guys in black. Maybe I guess Christian story looked like he could have been in a black Jersey during one of these drills, but for the most part, it's guys in crimson and white. And you see Jojo Earl early. You see Christian Leary early in these videos. Um, yeah, that's going to be an interesting competition, right? At the slot receiver position, when you combine Aaron Anderson in there, and then also a couple of newcomers as well. But I think it struck me a little bit about Earl is it looks like he's maybe, a little more sturdy, I guess you could say. I don't want to say he's bulked up because, you know, he's not all rocked up, but he looks like he's maybe added some weight that was probably needed. Yeah, I mean, I think um, a lot of these young guys are going to benefit for just another year in the program. Um, you know, whether it's Earl, Christian Leary, even Ja'Cory Brooks, I know he's been, he missed some time because of injury in the spring, but yeah, just another year working with David Ballou and that strength and conditioning staff is is beneficial. But you're right. I mean, I think I think JoJo World is probably the leader in the clubhouse in the uh, race for the slot position because he has that experience last year. He was a guy that got on the field pretty early as a true freshman. Um, but Alabama has options. Christian Leary did some really good things in the spring. You have a lot of newcomers. Um, I think could fill that role. Aaron Anderson, a guy you mentioned, is one. Uh, Isaiah Bond, you know, the guys they brought in as true freshmen can fly and not saying Jojo Earl and Christian Leary can't, they certainly can, but Alabama has a lot of speedy options and, uh, and quality options really in the slide. It's just like most of the wide receiving core in general, 
is inexperienced. So I think, you know, this preseason camp is going to be big for them to continue to uh, develop chemistry with Bryce Young. And um, I think Jojo World has the leg up because he has that from last season. And I think you could probably expect bigger things from him come this fall. Yeah, we proceed on through the video. We get through the wide receivers and DBs doing some stuff together during individual drills. And there we see Jaheem Otis, <laughs> big number 91, or previously big number 91. What an amazing story for this newcomer who has undergone just a microwave-like transformation physically since stepping on campus in January. Yeah, I think he said he's down to, to 342, and he came in, or at least was at one point, over four bills. So hell of a transformation for Jaheim. And um, I think it says a lot about just his his approach, his mindset, and his willingness to, to change and adapt. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if he'll get on the field this fall, at least in a, you know, a first-team capacity, but he's shown the, the willingness and the focus to transform his body and – you'll be ready to to play at a collegiate level. And, you know, I, I think looking back at his high school film, he moved well, even though, you know, he had a lot more weight. And now mm -hmm. he seems even more nimble. I mean, heck, there's video from him um, as a freshman late day doing a backflip off of the pier into the water. And uh, that just shows his athleticism at that size. So if he continues on this path and continues to, to do the things that, that they ask him to do, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him be a, a factor. Uh, but it's just still going to it's going to take more work for a newcomer like him. Yeah, we're still at around the the one minute mark of the practice video provided by UA, and I second what you said about Otis and his commitment to dropping the weight and understanding that the resources you've got you know, nutritionists, you've got dietitians, you've got strength and conditioning and sports science folks at your disposal, but still it definitely says something about his want to, to make this sort of move in such a relatively short period of time. And, you know, it is a pursuit drill that we see the big man working to the sideline on. And we also see a couple of defensive backs of note. I thought it was promising to see DeMarco Hellams looking healthy and in running with ease. And then we also see Malachi Moore and then Dallas Turner, in a couple of knee braces and that may send a little bit of concern throughout the fan base. But I think you also got to understand that this is a time of year. If there's even something minor to take into consideration, Alabama's trainers and Jeff Allen and those folks, they're going to side on the side. They're going to err on the side of caution every time. Yeah, no doubt. And, um, you know, I, I made note of it. Um, in the thread from our practice video and, and photos, you know, Malachi and Dallas were both guys that um, there were rumors about injuries during the off season. And we kind of squashed those a little bit, or at least said they weren't significant. And that backs up, you know, what was, what the rumor was and what we had heard, because I think both guys look like they're moving well, even though it's, you know, pretty brief clips here. Um, you know, the, the braces aren't that surprising, but, um, the fact that they're not in black and we're seeing them predominantly in this video, I think says a lot. And I'll say this, you know, we talked about, um, Jaheim Otis, Malachi more looks like he hasn't missed a lift. Looks like the guy's bulked up a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, I know that's a, a player. A lot of people have questions about he's dealt with some injury things the last couple of years. Uh, and I still think that Brian branch is the guy at, at star, but 
to have a guy with the experience uh, that Malachi Moore has and the knowledge of this defense to come in and be your sixth defensive back, that's a hell of a luxury to have. And, and it says a lot about the, the depth at Alabama's safety position. Yeah, it does look like maybe Malachi is taking on more of a look that you see from Brian Branch physically. Um, and speaking of Branch, we see him in the practice video as we move along here with Jordan Battle, DeMarco Hellams, Devontae Smith and number eight, I guess, these days, Charlie. And boy, just something about the number change to a single digit just makes a guy look more dynamic, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. I mean, you, you hate to say this, but going back to when we could go to practice and you start to look at the defensive backs, the single numbers do jump out because you know, there's going to be a lot of walk-ons mixed in, which, you know, right now there aren't that many walk-ons in the field. There'll be more prevalent once classes start, but um, that, those certainly catch your attention. And it looks like he, you know, not necessarily on the level of Malachi Moore, but looks like he's added some good weight and look good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, safety, you're going to talk about outside linebacker a lot and maybe even running back, but safety is a very deep position on this roster with battle and Helms back. You've got branch and more, you know, Christian story had a really good spring, but Devontae Smith's a cat that's the seen the field as a backup. You know, he's played on a lot of special teams. So uh, I don't think he's a guy that should necessarily be slept on, but yeah, he, he definitely looks a lot better in, in that number eight. That's for sure. Yeah. And they have that depth right now anyway, to the point where, they have the luxury of allowing guys like Smith and even Jacquez Robinson, some of these guys to focus more on sub package roles, right? Whether it's star, whether it's money in the dime for the time being, anyway, they have that luxury in terms of quality depth there on the back end of the defense. And as we move through the practice footage, we get to about the minute 42nd mark. And there he is, Nick Saban. Does Nick Saban enjoy anything as much as he enjoys coaching technique in those individual drills with those corners? I mean, he is still all up in that, Charlie. Yeah, I mean, for a GA, he's very hands-on. <laughs> and um, I, I think whether it's this or the, the interception drill, um, he, he definitely enjoys this. And you know, I think he enjoys most of the elements of being a, a head coach, maybe not so much coming up and speaking with us. But um, in this and when we could be out there and, and you can tell by the way the corners are positioned, this is where they always are. You have to walk completely around this practice field to get to this point. You can't get this. Mm -hmm. close. This is, of course, UA cameras. But if you ever make the trek to the far side of the field, um, you know, this is that same intensity you always see from Nick Saban. And, you know, he's a guy that the corners, uh, the defensive backs in general, but the corners especially you know, he has a very hands-on approach with. That's why you've seen in the past these these newcomers come in, and they're always in those meetings, those team meetings, sitting right beside Nick Saban. I think back to Pat Sertan and Josh Job and Jalen Armour Davis, and I think he has a close bond with these guys. I think that's the same case with the guys on this roster, whether it's Kool-Aid or, or whoever. But, uh, yeah, he, he definitely enjoys this, and um, he, he gets a little loud, but I think that's his old position coach coming back out. Absolutely. He is uh, very verbal with the instruction out there on the practice field. And you see Terry and Arnold in there with the corners, along with Kyrie Jackson, Kool-Aid McKinstry. Good to see McKinstry and Jackson out there after what we heard from Saban at SEC Media Day. So, again, the footage in a couple of different ways provides an update in terms of availability. And with that, 
Again, McKinstry on the practice field, Jackson on the practice field. We also see Antonio Kite, a newcomer with those corners. There was some maybe talk about Kite being more of a safety. Maybe he will be. Um, Eli Ricks, obviously, in that mix. But again, you know, Kite is a guy that if it's even close, if there's a decision that needs to be made between corner and safety, usually those guys are going to get their first look at corner. You can ultimately transition them to safety if need be. But again, back to Jackson and McKinstry, uh, that was some some encouraging video to see. It was, yeah, especially since Nick Saban didn't really want to give an injury update um, on Thursday. <laughs> Got that out the hard way. But um, it, the way that he kind of talked about it at SEC Media Days, it didn't sound all that significant. It was something that they might have dealt with in the spring or happened in the spring, and they just took some time off this summer and were at least limited. And then, yeah, you're right, though, to see them both pretty prevalent in this you know, clip of the corners is encouraging. Um, you know, from from what I've gathered um, outside of Cameron Latou, which I think we'll talk about a little later when we talk about Nick Saban's comments, uh, it doesn't sound like there's many guys that are that are limited or dealing with with much. Now, again, like you said, this time of year, especially they don't even have pads on. They can slap a black jersey on a guy for anything. It could be um, a variety of reasons just to take a cautious approach. But with guys like. Um, McKinstry and Jackson, you know, moving pretty well through uh, these position drills. I think that's pretty encouraging. Now, of course, as soon as the cameras turn off, they can slap those jerseys on those guys and they don't do much later on. But for for now, at least with with both of these guys, the guys with the knee braces we pointed out earlier, they didn't seem to be moving around with with much limitation. They would seem to be pretty fluid. So that's always an encouraging sign. Yeah, boy, you watch those corners. And one thing that does stand out, length. Yeah, they've got some long dudes between Kyrie Jackson and now Eli Ricks in there. Jacquez Robinson is uh, a guy with some length. Antonio Kite, guy with some length. All these guys, six foot, six one, six two. Kyrie Jackson, six three. So uh, an impressive looking group, no doubt about it. And Kool Aid, I thought in ball drills, you know exactly what you wanted to see from him. Not a surprise to see him doing those things, but still encouraging reassuring to see him working at a pretty high level there on the practice field. What about the wide receivers? We cut into those guys at about the 220 mark in the video. And again, another area where we had a question or or two about availability. And right there we see number seven, Ja'Cory Brooks, who looks to be participating at a fairly high level. Yeah, he's also wearing a, a new futuristic helmet, too. You get a, an up-close look at those. Those are always interesting to see the the progress and development of the, the helmet lines. But, yeah, Ja'Cory Brooks is a guy. Uh, he was one of the three players Nick Saban um, you know, said weren't going to participate in spring drills along with Darian Dalcourt and uh, Keanu Coote. And all three of those guys were on the practice field on Thursday. So that's encouraging. And I think that's, that's good news for the receiving core because I think Ja'Cory Brooks, with the way he finished last season – He's going to be a big part of this offense, and uh, now that he's healthy and able to um, contribute and be back on the practice field, you know that helps. He's going to get some reps and some more rapport with uh, with Bryce Young. So, yeah, having him back for a group that, while you know, they do add a couple of transfers that have college experience, to have very few guys that have a lot of of experience in an Alabama uniform to get a guy that was a big part of the offense late in the season last year back, I think that's big. 
Also get a glimpse of Trayshawn Holden and a newcomer in Chaz Preston working on some release and top-of-the-route drills. Now, we've said it before. I wouldn't sleep on Trayshawn Holden. He's a veteran at this point who understands what is required on a daily basis. And, again, a first glimpse at, Pre- at Preston. And, you know, he has the look, at least in terms of shorts and helmets. And it is day one. We understand that. But there's a reason why this guy's at Alabama and uh, looks to be a fairly smooth and instinctive type receiver. He does, yeah. I mean, from these drills and, you know, you try not to take too much from them because it's wide receivers on air. There's no defenders. They're not even in full pads. But I, I thought Chess Preston was impressive. I know a lot of people on the message board have pointed that out, that they're like, oh, who's number 18? And it's going to take some time for people to, to learn the new numbers. But um, I think Chess Preston certainly, like you said, looks the part. I think all the receivers um, look pretty good in these clips. You can see when Preston's going, most of the time at least, Isaiah Bond's on the other side of him. I think we mentioned him with the slides. He's an electric receiver that brings speed to the position. But a lot of a lot of clips of the new guys, I know uh, people are wondering, you know, where's Tyler Harrell? Of course, you get all these clips of the receivers and the one you don't see, you, you want to know about. But I don't have any information to suggest that he wasn't at practice on Thursday. I think everybody was accounted for. And um, with all these newcomers that came in in the, the summer, whether it's uh, Bond or Preston or Harrell, uh, Kobe Prentice, um, you know, I, I think these guys are going to push the guys that have been on campus a little longer. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how that kind of back into the rotation kind of forms because we know that guys like Jermaine Burton are going to be up there. Um, you know, Brooks, Holden, Earl, but Tyler Harrell coming in from Louisville is going to be probably a big part of this offense. And it'll be interesting to see if any of these newcomers that, that are freshmen can, can challenge as well. Yeah. Speed, speed and more speed. And you said it, we did get a glimpse of Isaiah bond, we also see Jermaine Burton, who maybe looks a little more streamlined. Who knows? Again, it's shorts and helmets, so don't want to make too much of it. Bryce Young and Jalen Milrow delivering some strikes and in individual drills. We see, I'll tell you this, zone read action has replaced traditional play action in the passing game pretty much. So much so that we see it even in individual drill work now. <laughs> you know, the zone read fake and then the throws off of it hot on the slants and you know, the other routes, and we do also get a glimpse that Ty Simpson makes a throw there to Shaz Preston, maybe a little bit low, but again, Preston makes it look easy in finishing the play, and again, don't want to make too much of it after one practice, but Preston does show some polish at the top of the route and makes a nice high point grab of a high throw that we see there, and Bryce Young on a corner route to to JoJo Earl, and then some more traditional play action fakes from young and Milrow as young rips and over route into Ja'Cory Brooks, same for Jalen Milrow to Shaz Preston. And then we get into the running backs again, another area, right? Where we had questions about a couple of needed depth providers or perhaps top of the rotation providers and Roydell Williams and Jace McClellan and knee braces central to that theme as well because of the injuries that they're coming off of Charlie, but I'd say a, a promising clip or two nonetheless. Yeah. I will say before we shift to the, the running backs, um, we're talking about guys that don't miss lifts. I don't think Jalen Milrow ever Ooh. misses a lift. Since and then, birth. Yeah. yeah. 
And we're also talking about guys in black jerseys that they'll put a guy in for any reason. Just be cautious at the end, probably before you transition from receiver to, to running back. It's after uh, Shaz Preston's last catch. You can see Will Anderson's in a black jersey. And uh, I don't know of anything that's really going on with him from a significant standpoint. I don't want to give anybody, you know, freak anybody out. I don't think Will Anderson is going to miss any time because of injury. But that just shows how cautious they will be with players if anything's mm-hmm. going on so i don't think that's any cause for concern but right there you know close to the the windows for the, the indoor practice yeah. the indoor workout facility you can see across the field the there players. a little bit yeah yep. but when you look at the running backs you're right i mean no injury update but a lot of this practice footage is um encouraging for a lot of guys and you know i I talked to um brad lester who trained um with jace mcclellan earlier this summer and he said that he made sure to check in with jeremy giselle um who's the director of alabama's rehab and he said that uh jace was cleared to work out with him there were no issues with that so it's been a, a while since jace mcclellan i think was good to go it'll still be interesting to see how they bring these guys along and get them ready for um, or get them in game shape because they haven't done a lot compared to the other guys. But yeah, I mean, it's to hear all those comments from Nick Saban and everybody in the spring about how running back wasn't a concern. I think this drill really illustrates that with Jameer Gibbs going up first. Then you have Woodell Williams, who is just a bowling ball of a back. Jace McClellan has really nice footwork. And then to see a guy like Trey Sanders as well. I, I think the true freshman also kind of stand out jamarian miller is a mm-hmm. hoss and yes uh, it's, it's there's a lot to like about this running back group and um yeah, i know it's short they're doing the same drill you know footwork and then doing a kind of a stiff arm at the end on the medicine ball but um yeah a, a really impressive group it really is jameer gibbs with that just easy explosiveness that shows up even in bag drill work um, you said it about the young backs, Emmanuel Henderson. We don't see in the drill, but we know he's with those running backs to go on with Jamarian Miller. And uh, I like the confidence that I saw from McClellan during the drill. He looked very confident sticking that right foot in the ground in changing direction. And that's something you really look for, especially at the running back position when you have a player coming off an injury like an ACL. And thought the same thing about Roydell. And even Trey, given everything he's been through health-wise, um, just seemed to be free and easy. You know, it didn't seem to be laborious, you know, the, the bag drill stuff. So it, it, it's not a defining stretch by any means. But, again, just initial positives there at the running back, running back position to, to take from Thursday's practice. Now, as the video rolls along, yeah, we got another area we were wondering about, Charlie, the offensive line. And there they are. Our first glimpse of the OLs via the practice footage at the four minute and 22nd mark. And Darian Dahlcourt back mm-hmm. in there at center, it looks like, Charlie, to go along with Javion Cohen at left guard. And there's Kendall Randolph at left tackle in that threesome. Yeah, and I will say we've seen this before where they kind of do a split line. So there's a center, a left guard, and a left tackle. And then probably about 10 yards over to their right, there'll be another center, the right mm-hmm. guard and right tackle. So you have to assume Seth McLaughlin's with Emil Echior and what you assume is uh, J.C. Latham. But um, it's, it's encouraging to see Darren back because 
you know, he started 11 games last year. Um, he was hampered by that ankle injury, and you know, he's a guy that was unable to play in the postseason. But people just kind of forget about him. I think there's a reason that he was in the starting lineup and a guy that Bryce Young and the coaching staff trust. So if he's healthy, I would pencil him in as the starter, just given his experience and how last season played out. I still think Seth McLaughlin is a solid player. I think he did some nice things in the SEC championship game. But, um, you know, a lot of times they're going to go with a veteran. And that's why you see Kendall Randolph with the ones to open this drill. I mm-hmm. think they're going to give him every opportunity to try to win this job. But, you know, we'll see in a little bit. You see some other guys, Tommy Brockermeyer and Tyler Steen, of course, you know, working uh, at left tackle as well. But, yeah, it's it's a group that you could almost predict going into this. But still, given, you know, what happened from an injury standpoint to uh, Darian Dalcourt and also, you know, some of the things that Javian Cohen has shared about himself this offseason. It's encouraging to see him back on the practice field as well. But uh, this is a group that if injuries, you take them out of the equation, you could probably predict this is what we were going to see on on day one of uh, fall camp yeah it it sort of underscores the situation alabama was dealing with at the end of last season emil ekior was hurt he 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 was injured he wasn't just hurt he was injured and playing through it in the national championship game darian dalcourt literally didn't have an ankle to stand on by the time he was replaced by seth mclaughlin so a healthy Darian Dahlcourt, it makes total sense that he would be right back in that spot with the ones and uh, the right tackle situation. We've outlined that. So uh, it will be interesting moving forward uh, to see how that plays out. And um, we also see in the video some of McLaughlin. We see some Amari Kite, it looked mm-hmm. like, at left guard. He's worked at both guard and tackle throughout his Alabama career, so not a surprise there. And then, as you mentioned, Tyler Steen and Tommy Brockermeyer as well there at left tackle. Now, as for the defensive line, we break right into that coverage with big Jamil Burroughs working some leverage technique there against uh, Jamarian Latham, it looks like, really working both Tim Smith, Burroughs, and then even Curtis Perry, the young defensive lineman, Tim Keenan as well working on getting that those hands inside, getting those eyes inside, maintaining leverage, and getting off the block. Freddie Roach really putting those guys through their paces on day one. Yeah, I will say, just going back to the offensive line, I've watched this a bunch of times, and I made a note of it on the board um, in, the, in the thread about sights and sounds from practice. And it looked like Tommy Brockermeyer might have been working it, at left tackle, but I think it's Tyler Steen with that second group the entire time. It is. Yeah, uh, I, I think you're on it. Yep, I think you're on it. So just going back and rewinding it a couple of times, I think that was Tyler Steen, so that's my mistake. It just The way he's walking back at the end of one of these drills, it looks like, it looks like yeah. Tommy Brockermeyer just finished a rep. But those guys are standing in front of them to absorb blocks and have somebody to yeah. kind of go through the motions with. So just want to make note of that. But defensive line-wise – um, this group's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out because you have the three senior starters back are the three guys that have seen a ton of first team minutes. Um, but I think a guy like Jamil Burrow, who we see at first is someone that had a really good spring. If he can carry that over throughout the summer and into the preseason, he's someone that could see an uptick in, in reps just because they need that interior pass rush. And, uh, it sounds like he's a guy that provided that in the spring. Um, you know, Tim Smith is a guy that, he saw a lot of playing time last year. I think that'll that'll continue, especially with a guy like Fadarian Mathis moving on. Stephon Wynn's no longer in town, so you don't have that 
you know, kind of veteran reserve at the nose guard position. But it'll be interesting to see how some of these these young guys progress. A lot of these second year players who were true freshmen last year, but really didn't see much of the field. Guys like Curtis Perry, you've got Anquin Barnes, Tim Keenan, uh, Damon Payne. Um, they looked apart, the and there's a little bit more opportunity. But I think defensive line, while yes, what happens at tackle or offensive tackle, um, inside linebacker, wide receiver, corner, um, those are the the positions that have that are of interest from a competition standpoint. I think defensive line and really how that rotation kind of forms maybe that you know five six seven man rotation forms is one of the more intriguing positions to kind of follow going into the season so i'm really interested just to see how some of these young guys progress yeah a lot of guys battling for similar roles right when you think about interior types and the guys that you touched on like Payne and like burrows and like smith to go along with dj dale and that's before you talk about a Boygby and, and Byron Young and, you know, those kind of guys as well. So a lot of mouths to feed. You love it if you're Freddie Roach. You got some legitimate competition. Keenan in that mix as well. Otis. I mean, that's a lot of dudes. Um, so it's a good situation. It's a very healthy situation and uh, interested to see, like you, how they formulate personnel into packages because when they go dime rabbits and we talked about this back in the spring as it became more and more clear they're going to be linebacker heavy in that mm-hmm. look yeah. i mean there's going to be um you know probably four linebackers if you include the mike or the mac uh three outside linebacker types and then probably just one defensive lineman in the dime rabbit. So, um, you know, if you can rush the passer, that's going to help you stay on the field. No doubt about it. Well, there you go, Charlie. How about that for a watch along a first here on the Bama online podcast? I know it was thrilling. It was enjoyable. Wasn't it? I like, I like breaking down practice. I like going to practice. I do miss that. So this was Charlie, honestly, that's why I did this because I just felt like you were adrift, you know, without, (laughs) being able to go out to the media viewing periods, I was hoping that maybe this would be uh, cathartic in some ways, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I know there's, there are people on the beat that hate going to practice uh, because it, it, to a sense, and I get where fans see this too, like the periods that we see, we see them for a reason. Right. Um, there's not just a ton to gain from a schematic standpoint. Um, and you know, I, I think UA sees that as well. Like, why why do you want to go to these useless points of practice? But I don't ever want to, you know, agree to not have some kind of take advantage of access. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't like to see access get cut. But also because usually like, if you turn that down, then something else will go. Right. That that's kind of the way I look at it too. Okay, well you don't want this. Well then you'll probably be okay with not having this. And the next thing you know. You really don't have much at all, at all. Which is starting to turn out to be that. But I will say, like, too, it's just it's just being around the game. Like, I enjoy going to the games, being at the stadium for mm-hmm. these big events. That's that's why I do this. It's not um, – there's there's other reasons, I guess, that you could, could pinpoint it out. But to be able to go to these and to document them – in this profession is, is why you do it. And practice is one of those. You, you, you gain 
a lot by what you yourself put into it. Like if you go into it, well, thinking, it keeps you in the mindset. Yeah. You know, if you go into it thinking it's useless, you're not going to get a lot out of it. But if yeah. you actually sit there and pay attention to some things, you can learn a lot. So it's mm-hmm. just, it sucks that it's not there. I know I'm a broken record about this, and about <laughs> that, but I, I don't like to not, you're, I don't you're like advocating, things. you're yeah. advocating. That's why we'll, I don't like to see things be cut because it's just a, a bowling ball effect after that. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get into Nick Saban's post-practice comments because there was some interest there as well. Uh, he got hit with the rebuilding year in 2021 <laughs> question right out the gates. And uh, he he seemed to go into hockey goalie mode after that when, yeah. it, when it came to maybe offering up a lot without being prodded, uh, whether it was injuries or position specific things like that. But I thought it was interesting what he said about the rebuilding your comment in that comment in that it, it really does have to do more with the standard at Alabama than anything else, because 13 and two anywhere else is celebrated at Alabama, 13 and two with an SEC championship and a Heisman Trophy winner. Well, that's not really the standard that Alabama is looking to achieve. No, and that's why I was so flabbergasted by that comment being blown up like it was like where have you been? Yeah. Like his, his initial sentence, um, when I asked that question, I don't understand what's so hard to understand. It, it perfectly encapsulates this whole deal. It's like Alabama has been the standard in college football for the last 15 years. And anytime that they don't win a national championship, it's a disappointment now. And while I do think this team or this past team overachieved a little bit, given how much they had to replace from that 2020 team and the, the injuries that they sustained um, to be in the national championship game and not be able to win it. That's a disappointment. That's not up to the Alabama standard, even though they had a lot of obstacles to overcome. So I, I as soon as he said it, it's just like, well, that's because Alabama is held to a much higher standard than everybody else. Like, and and it's not really the first time he's mentioned the word rebuild this offseason. So it, it it was one of those situations where you see it on social media, then you see it kind of take off, and you're kind of wondering, what's new here? And then two, it's like, can we please hurry up and get to the first day of practice so we're not talking about this anymore? Which, again, like you alluded to, is the first question he got out of the gate. I think he was expecting it, but I also think it set up the rest of the press conference for him to be in a, a sour mood. I, I think he was walking up to the press conference sour about it. He read about it in the paper. He saw all the reaction from his comment that it wasn't really a big deal, and he was just not really having it on Thursday evening. No, and look, to be clear, I understand the question being asked. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. It dominated timelines for the previous 24 hours or so, if not longer. So uh, he has to know that's coming. Doesn't mean he has to like it, um, but uh, everything he says is going to be magnified times 10. So when that sort of comment comes out right before the start of fall camp, yeah, he's going to get asked about it. And so from there, he was asked about some injuries. I know you (laughs) asked and. He wanted more specifics from you, so you gave him Darian Dahlcourt, Ja'Cory Brooks. We saw in the practice video that they were on the practice field. He reaffirmed that, that they're back and there's not an issue. But 
when he was asked about tight end in that position, very interesting to hear that Cam Latou uh, is expected to miss some time in camp, the returning starter there at tight end. So that brings a lot of guys into play, you would think, starting with Robbie Oots. But, you know, they went junior college late in the 2022 cycle for Miles Kitzelman and, you know, signed four tight ends in this most recent group. So, uh, and then there's always the, the Kendall Randolph fallback plan, right? Yeah. I will say I'll, I'll kind of share my, my thought process here of, of asking him a general question about injuries because usually on that first day of camp, he has an injury update. Uh, and it's usually just guys that are going to be out for you know a, a period of time in preseason camp. And there are rumblings about um, a Campbell 2 injury. And you know I don't want to bring rumors to his attention like that. So I gave him the floor to address it. And I knew that he was prompted on it. Um, so to, to ask, you know, are there, what's the latest on the injuries from the guys that, that miss in the spring? And is there anybody set to miss camp that gives him the floor to talk about who he wants to talk about, but he wanted to be asked about specific players, even through in the jab. If you ask me specific questions, I'll be glad to give you specific answers, which didn't really appreciate, but the, the Cameron Latou, um, thing, I think we expected, um, and it was funny. He even, you know, quipped at the end. He was asked if he knows what's wrong with the two, and he said, "Yeah, I do." And that was it. <laughs> so, but, but breaking down the tight end position, um, it's it's thin. There's not a lot of experience there. I think it's no. big for um, it, this preseason for those guys to get as many reps as possible. I think Rob Utes is one of the guys that had uh, a really good spring, one of the biggest improvements during the spring. Um, you know, he's, he's changed his look. He's ready to go. It sounds like, so it could be a big year for Robbie Utes, even with, you know, a healthy camera too. I think he's very much in line for that number two tight end position or at least the H back. But, um, you know, bringing in a guy like miles Kitzelman, like you mentioned is big because he has a little bit of college experience under his belt. And it's going to be important for these young guys, these true freshmen to hit the ground running and to learn this playbook as quickly as possible and, and get, as comfortable as possible guys like Amari Nyblack and Elijah Brown and Danny Lewis. Um, you know, they're probably going to be called upon if Cam Latou's unable to be on the field for the beginning of the season. And then like you said, um, the Kendall Randolph, uh, fallback plan is a good plan to have because he's really filled that role for the last couple of years now. And say Tyler Steen, uh, looks the part and is able to, you know, pick up things and, and be able to step in at left tackle then you have a solid option in some short yardage situation and some running situations at tight end with Randolph. So there are options. They're very limited. They're very inexperienced. But, you know, I, I think the way that he worded the two things, saying he's going to miss some time in camp, is promising. Uh, we'll see if there's an update later. I'm certainly not asking about injuries anytime soon. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be important for these young guys to, to really come along here. Yeah, it's um, yeah, th- this is an experienced guy, as we know, in Cam too at this point. So if he misses some time in camp, it's not especially problematic. If he's going to miss a lot of time, well, then you got to start thinking about some big picture things, perhaps. And when I think about young guys at tight ends, I don't even think about the passing game. First thing mm-hmm. I think about is, are these cats equipped in a way this early in their career to deal with the likes of Will Anderson, not that anybody really is, even if they're 40 years old. Um, 
Chris Braswell, Dallas Turner, you know, in terms of setting the edge in the run game, the physicality that's required at that position. And that's where there is comfort in knowing that whereas it may not be the best case scenario for Kendall Randolph, you really want to see this guy get a fair shot to win one of those tackle jobs. But if Tyler Steen truly is plug and play at left tackle and JC Latham is ready to go on the right side, then you get to have Kendall Randolph in that sort of utility role. He can provide depth at offensive tackle and uh, he can be a guy right there front and center. And he may be regardless. I mean, Cam Latou may come back to practice today and that still end up being the case where Kendall Randolph still a big help at tight end is obviously some things to still sort out on that offensive line. Well, Charlie, it's a lot of fun. I enjoyed this one. Yeah, it's good to, to recap because, you know, that, that first day, even though we're not at practice, there's a lot of things flying around, whether it's the, the practice photos dropping like just a few minutes before Saban, waiting on the, the practice video. I know people were chomping at the bit on the message board for that. But uh, to be able to go back and to, to rewatch it, heck, you, you learned some things. I learned that I, I messed up whenever talking about Tommy Rockermeyer. So I think this was both fun and a little educational illuminating we hope anyway well charlie we'll let you get back to it appreciate you as always taking the time and of course we're going to have continuing coverage of 2022 fall camp right there at bamaonline.com recruiting never stops as you know of late alabama on a roll to the top spot in the team rankings in the 24 7 sports composite so a lot to talk about, a lot to cover, and we've got you right there at BamaOnline.com. Come hang out with us on the roundtable, the premium message board of choice for Alabama fans around the globe. Until next time, for Charlie Potter, Travis Ryer, thanking you once again. So long, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.